Hi, weirdos. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Weird podcast. This is the Ground Zero episode. This is just where I want to kind of tell you a little bit about me, a little about where the idea has come from, why it's come about, and exactly what I hope to do with it. My name is Hannah Sainty. I'm a writer, I'm an actor, and most importantly, I'm a comedian. Uh, Well, a budding one anyway. I'm also a budding visual artist. I like to play with a lot of different uh, mediums and uh, interesting objects. You know, just got an iPad, learning how to use Procreate. Uh, That is a whole new medium on its own. If I have any Procreate users who are listening, please do contact me and let me know. I don't know how to use the bloody thing. I'm just doing cartoons at the minute, but that's pretty fun. Uh, In all actuality, there'll be some t-shirts coming to you very soon. I know it's a little bit bold considering this is the Ground Zero episode, but you know, YOLO baby or carpe diem. (laughs) That's Latin for seize the day. That's the one. Yeah. So I'm really excited to finally be doing this podcast because it's an idea that I've had for a really long time. It's just, it's been reimagined into different formats. Originally, I was going to make a production company. I did make it. It was called Like Velvet Cinematics. That's ugly, isn't it? Yeah, I know. But I did make it. I didn't make anything with it though. It kind of fell under just uh, before it uh, went above ground. Then it also turned into a blog. And I did do the blog. I made my own website, wrote a few blogs. It was called Hannah's Umbrella. And that was simply for the fact that I have a lot of ideas and I wanted to put them all under one umbrella. That was really fun. Had a photo shoot, did the whole thing, wrote a few blogs. And then I realized that blogs are really outdated unless you're going to be making banana bread. I don't know how to make any other kind of variant of banana bread because there are so many. And also stop trying to fix something that's not broken. So anyway, killed that idea as well. Then it became this podcast, but not only just a podcast, it's a video podcast. There will be some episodes that will be going to be available over YouTube, which is quite fun. But in all honesty, I'm just happy that it's finally, finally happened. I've been wanting to do this for so freaking long. It's had a few different iterations. These episodes that I've tried to record, I've tried scripting them. I tried not scripting them. And now I'm sitting somewhere kind of in the middle, just trying to... Keep it together. Ah, But that's the creative life, isn't it? That's also just the manic human being life. Can you hear me? Do you hear me? (laughs) Turn the sound up. No, but it's good. It's good. Um, I am really genuinely very excited to bring this to you. But it has taken a while. That's like, I was annoyed about it. My partner, he said to me, he's like, you need to calm down because what you're actually trying to do, you're not just trying to do a podcast and trying to do a video recording. You're doing interviews and you're doing them from different angles. You're making a TV show by yourself. I was like, far out. That is exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, there I go again. I can't do anything by halves, it seems. It's either I do it by whole or not at all. I try and do it by whole and take too long and it goes rancid and I chuck it in the compost bin because I am about sustainability. But that's a little bit about me. I'm that person that when you get really drunk and at three o'clock in the morning you decide to buy a bar, I will come to you with a business plan and have already done all of the market research to figure out what our unique selling point is. Actually, unique selling point is a really good topic to get onto because that's what your weird is. I called it your weird simply because I used to get called weird all the time when I was younger. Was it warranted? Not for the reasons they thought. I got called weird because I listened to 70s music instead of techno. Now, kill me if you think I'm wrong, but 70s music is actual music and techno is just pots and pans with a couple of synths at the top. Yeah, come shoot me, find me. (laughs) That's just my opinion. But a myriad of other reasons as well. But if you think about what your weird is, your weird, to be weird is a little bit different, right? A little bit different is also interesting. A little bit different is also unique. In marketing terms, unique is the thing that's going to get you noticed. 
I'm going to be talking about creativity in this podcast a lot. I'm going to be talking about, you know, maybe the human identity. We're going to get deep. One of the top things that people like to try and learn about um, in personal development is how to be a bit more interesting, how to be fascinating. And to fascinate is to be something that is literally just a bit out of the norm. And uh, that's what I want to talk about. So creativity itself. I have been called a creative nerd heaps of times. And I am a creative nerd. Very creative as a child, as we all were. And as I got older, that creativity started to die out, as it does with all of us. And then I thought, my God, I am so depressed. How do I fix it? Oh, I love being creative. Oh, wow. I am uncomfortable with the thought of doing that. So then I became a real big nerd and tried to figure out how I could hack my brain to get back to being creative and imaginative. If anybody else has had one of these crises or is endeavouring upon that crisis right now, please do holler at me because having those existential crises is really quite normal, but we just don't talk about it. I've had heaps. Yeah, I've actually had heaps of existential crises, probably one about every six months. Yeah, that comes down to probably just, you know, not living my dreams. I listened to heaps of Tony Robbins, but I still couldn't find my dreams. And that's because I had to find out how to connect with my creative self, that little inner child that's got paint all over them. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I will get to it. But that is what this podcast is actually going to be about. It's going to be not just talking about painting and drawing and performing and, you know, uh, immersive art or concept art or painting a dot in the middle of a canvas and calling it fine art. No, it's not about that. It's, it's talking about creative thinking and about inventive thinking and about being imaginative. So I'm going to be talking to a lot of people throughout this podcast about the way that they live their lives and about how they find the courage to do it because it's really hard sometimes and it's really hard if it feels like you're competing against people which is quite prevalent now isn't it you got tiktok you got instagram you got yim yam and bim bam and poo ya yeah poo ya made that one uh, made the last three up in all honesty now you know you've got all of those so it's very easy to feel like oh you know i want to start doing painting i want to start painting eyeballs And then you see that somebody else is painting realism eyeballs that are fantastic. Or they're doing like these stylized ones that are even better. Or these abstract ones that don't make sense, but somehow they grab you. And then you feel like, oh, well, what's the point? Why am I doing it? I'm telling you, there is a point. And you'll find a way to paint the eyeballs. You've just got to find your angle. And it's finding that angle that is hard to do. Now, if you're also a creative who's already doing that, you also can get stuck in, I'm spent, I've hit a wall. I don't know what to make next. Maybe you've got some fans and they're expecting something of you. Maybe you don't have any fans and you don't know how to capture someone's interest. Maybe you're making stuff and you don't know how to get it out to the world. That is what I'm going to be here for. But I need to stop talking about those sorts of things and start talking about the real thing that you're here for. The Ground Zero episode, that's me. Hi. Yeah. Um, So I should tell you about my creative journey. So as I mentioned before, I used to be very creative as a child. I was always making fairy gardens. I was writing plays. There were always comedy plays and I'd perform them to my family. I'd make all cousins and animals be uh, background extras, of course. But I was performing all the time. I was writing all the time. I was pretending to play music and then I started learning music. And over time, through a series of like knocks and whacks and upsetting moments and, and nasty people in the shapes of managers who just take all of your money. In the shapes of bosses who tell you literally that you're not good enough and they don't know why you're here. In the shape of making a film underwater on a shipwreck for your lecturer to tell you that it's not realistic. 
to use hand signals underwater. <laughs> so I ended up leaving creativity. I'll go into this a little bit more in a second, but I left creativity. And when I came back to it, because I was depressed and I thought I've got to do something, I tried to come back to it. My friend had actually asked me to paint onto her wall of a cafe. You know, there's going to be people seeing it every day. I thought, oh, yeah, nice. It's be good. I can do this. I used to do this sort of thing all the time. Let me have a go. Now, I hadn't painted in probably 10 years, but here I go. Get out the little paintbrush, get out the uh, old acrylics, and I start painting on a wall. And as I started painting it, it looked absolutely nothing like I wanted. My head picture was not the picture that was on the wall. That's okay, you think. That's okay. You haven't done it in a while. That's okay. Of course, it's not going to. It wasn't okay. I had, I kid you not, I had a full-blown panic attack. I put a piece of furniture in front of the painting itself. And then I told my friend that I had to go home because I felt really sick. (laughs) I didn't feel sick. I was horribly ashamed and I was so angry. I was so angry that I couldn't do it. I couldn't believe that the image I saw in my head wasn't coming out through my hands when it used to. I don't know if some of you have felt like this. Maybe you've seen the picture in your head and then you finally get the courage up to go and actually do it and then you realise that you don't know how to draw. You had that feeling? We all have. Even the most phenomenal artists in the world sometimes have that. I've witnessed it in life, in other people as well. Now, as I record this, I actually have um, a job, (laughs) as we all do. Um, No, I have a job uh, to fund the equipment I need to make these sorts of things and to fund, you know, traveling to go and do comedy interstate and to fund the chocolate I need when I'm having a really bad day because my joke didn't land. (laughs) No, but it's fine. Now, in that job, I am actually an events manager. Oh, good. It's so much stress. Yeah, that's right. I found a career out of my anxiety. <sighs> no, but what I'm doing is is events management. And now just a couple of weeks ago, I had to look after an event, which was a kids reading and craft event. How cute. How sweet. Now, the real interesting thing is to see how parents respond to making stuff with their kids. So some parents feel a bit loose. They feel free and, you know, they're fine. They can just jump in with their kids and start making with them, which is phenomenal to see. And then there's other parents and they either don't do it or they start to do it and they're very, very uncomfortable. Now, this particular mum that I was watching, she was really, she was trying and it was lovely, but it it kind of hurt me to watch her try and do it and it wasn't going the way that she wanted. And I was like, far out. She's me trying to do that painting on the wall. And so her two kids, she had two gorgeous little twin daughters and they're like, mom, can you draw a spider? Can you draw a butterfly? Can you do this? Can you do that? And the mom's like, yeah, I'll do it. She's trying to do it. And as she was doing it, she was panicking. And I thought, oh my God, calm down. This is not going into the Archibald competition. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't diminish the experience that she was feeling. Now at the end of this, as they were leaving, I, I asked everyone if they had a good time. And she came up to me and she thanked me. She said, oh, thank you so much. The girls, they love this. It was beautiful to watch them create. And I said, and how about you? Did you did you have a good time too? She went, oh, look, it's um, it was a lot. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done anything like that. It, it was a lot. And I said, yeah, look, you know, they're creative, you know, just making stuff. It's all just habit. Everything is a habit. None of it means anything. The more you do it, you realise that it's actually really quite unimportant. You can let go because none of it matters and you can actually have some fun. And she said, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe just a few more goes. Uh, The voices inside my head will stop screaming, the glue is drying, the glue is drying. 
Now that's verbatim. That's literally how she performed it to me as I perform it to you right now. Uh, yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't lying. She had voices in her head screaming at her that the paint was drying. That was sad. That was a sad story. But she was me with the painting on the wall. And I'm sure that, you know, some of you listening right now have felt like that or, you know, friends who have felt like that. And I've got to, just got to say that it's okay. It's actually really quite normal. It's quite normal to have a biological response to something that comes out of your hand or your mind or your mouth that you did not expect. And this happens in a lot of other areas of our lives as well. You know, you go to the gym, you go there every day, you build some sick muscles and then you stop going for two weeks and you've lost probably 90% of that muscle. You drive to a friend's house, you go there all the time, you have a fight, you don't go there for 10 years and you try and go there, you forgot how to get there. You used to eating curries. You don't eat curries for 15 years and then the next thing you have one, your body gives you an enema. What I'm saying is it's normal for your body to have a response to something that was once familiar and now no longer is. There's only one exception to this rule and that's riding a bike. I don't know how we get on a bike and then you just know how to do it. But it's so hard to do. Remember training wheels? Anyway, that even happens to me right now. Like I do stand-up comedy, so I do lots of gigs. I'm very fortunate to have done some really incredible gigs in my time as well, and I'm really excited to keep going with them. But you give me one week off, and I'm immediately like, why the hell are you giving me a microphone? I don't know how to do this. I'm not funny. (laughs) Actually, as I've recorded, this has already been a couple of weeks. I've got a gig coming up in a week and a half, and I am absolutely packing it. But that's okay. Because I've learned how to move through it to get back into the system. I'm getting back on that bike and I remember how to ride it as soon as I give myself a little bit of courage, just a little bit of kindness. Also a little bit of hard love to kick your butt to get up there. Now, this isn't the first time I've heard this story. I've heard it with a lot of other creatives, you know, that have taken a break and they don't know how to get back on. I heard it from people who just used to have hobbies. They took a break. They don't know how to get back on. I heard it from people who are just really depressed and they miss drawing that feeling of freedom when they were a kid. They have no idea how to get back on. Now, the only difference between myself and that lady in the story is the fact that I caught it before I turned 50. And I caught it before I had kids. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it if you've had kids. Au contraire, because you have a myriad of inspiration to draw from, whether that be like love and doting or just annoyance and sheer exhaustion. But what I'm saying is it's a lot easier for me and I want to share it with you to pull you out of wherever you are or to stop you from going into this dry spell before you get into it. Before I go on, I guess I should do the uh, thing where I gain your trust. (laughs) No, I mean, I tell you a little bit about myself properly and about why I think you should listen to me about what bloody damn right I have. Like, how on earth have I been creative? What's she talking about? I've never seen her face before. She says she's an actor. What have I seen her in? Calm down. I'll get to it. Okay, so to gain your trust, we're going to treat it like a date, okay? So you're just flicking through Tinder or Hinge or Bimble or Bumble, whatever. I don't know what what they're called, but you're flicking through it and you're finding a profile. I'm going to tell you all of them without any red flags. So I've always made stuff, like I said earlier. I made things as a child. I was always putting on performances. I was doing lots of drawing, lots of painting. Uh, As I grew older, I learned how to do radio before I even learned how to drive. I was performing in every single performance that I could perform in in school. I was actually doing extracurricular activities in performing, lots of improv and uh, more painting and more drawing. I got paid to have uh, my life drawings bought. that was really that was really exciting. I had artwork bought before I even graduated from high school, you know. I was the one opening exhibitions. I was doing public art when I was in school. 
I was writing performances. I was inventing characters. I graduated from that and I went into acting. That's right. I did a bit of acting straight after school. It didn't go well. Sorry, no red flags. We're coming back to that. I was writing constantly. I had things published before I was actually in high school. I wrote songs. I performed songs. I played a lot of music. I was in a band. It was the school band. But I was in a band and I played live and I was in a choir. I was in a travelling choir for a bit. I By the time I was actually 23, I'd even produced a TV show on local TV. I'd made a film underwater on a shipwreck. I'd done my film degree. I'd been paid to go overseas and make holiday videos. Basically, I'd done heaps of stuff. I'd even won an award. Like I, my film that I made underwater got into a film festival and I flew up to go and see it live. At the end of the film, I got a standing ovation. I don't remember it. I kind of blacked out from sheer overwhelm. But the people who came up with me told me that it happened. And I like to believe them because I think it's a fun memory. I'd already worked in production companies. I worked in an advertising agency and blah, 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 heaps of stuff. That was all by the time I was 23. But that's all the good bits. That's on the front of my profile. But behind every win, there are a whole bunch of losses. So after a bunch of knocks, you know, rejected ideas and applications, I was working in advertising when I actually reached my proper threshold. I was getting bullied by my bosses and kept away from being on set for video production. And instead, I was just being chained to the office and asked to do contracts and just paperwork, which is the poison to all creative thinking. And this, like any sensitive human, put me into just a really delightful, delightful, extremely deep depression. And it wasn't until my mum called me out on it and bless her. She just said to me, Hannah, you're the most depressed you've ever been. It's not like you to let the thing just get you down. So why is this one doing it? Figure out what's going on and figure out how to fix it. This is exactly what I needed to hear. So I quit my job. I decided that I was going to leave that whole world behind. Not only advertising, but acting, writing, art. The problem was the only thing I really knew was the arts. Sure, like I'd studied yoga and I'd uh, studied to be a scuba diver, but I was thinking, you know what, a depressed yoga teacher doesn't really sing zen. And I didn't really have the stamina to start down the scuba diving path again, trying to find a sustainable income through that industry that uh, wasn't just bobbling in people's pools looking for cracks or being on a mining rig underwater, having people look at my cracks. So I resigned myself to the fact that, sure, I'll never be the artist I want to be, but surely I can do some behind the scenes. I used to be really good at producing and okay-ish on operating a camera. So God's sake, I've got to be able to do something. So I did what any 24-year-old would do. I went traveling. I went traveling to find myself through the intention of making mini documentaries for charities. Like I can produce and film and I can edit okay-ish. I've done it before. So now let me do this for a cause. But even this plan to like just stay behind the scenes and somehow make a living had a stop to it. It was in 2015 that I got to Nepal and I actually met with the charity that I was going to be filming for and just as I was planning my shoots, the 2015 earthquake hit. If there is anything that is going to make you feel like you're doing the wrong thing with your life, it's definitely going to be a mix of rejection, mean people, no confidence and a crescendo of a 7.8 magnitude earthquake. If there is ever anything that is going to make you feel like you're doing the wrong thing with your life, it's definitely going to be a mix of rejection mean people, having no confidence and a crescendo of a 7.8 magnitude earthquake. Not only was that the scariest thing to have lived through, 
but it was also traumatizing to watch the people around me deal with losses and watch the world try and understand how something like this could happen. But it all put things into a strange perspective. I'm going to talk about this in detail at another time. But for me at the time, when faced with a colossal event that destroys a country, kills hundreds of people, injures thousands and forces an entire third world country into even more hardship, I saw it as downright bloody selfish to even try and do something as narcissistic as being an artist in any form. So I actually broke up with creativity entirely broke up with it I focused on health instead Uh, I had my own issues going on and what happened was I evolved into a wellness freak I had kale as my god and coconut oil as my best friend and like anyone who goes through an intense breakup I cut off all my hair I was still traveling at this point I was staying with family in Malta at the time and I decided it was time to head home I had new hair a sick tan a new way of looking at life and I was ready to start this new chapter. So the next six years after getting home were spent working in health food shops, a natural health clinic, a farmer's market, and yes, some of them were all at the same time, and trying to figure out what modality of medicine to study next. For a while, it did actually keep me happy. Like, I, you know, I was like helping people. I didn't have any bullies and I got sick discounts on protein powder. But it wasn't before long when uh, some red flags started popping up and telling me that something was wrong. One of those red flags was, of course, a little salt bay of depression popping up. You know, that wiry old hair of the black dog skimming my fingers when I'd get up in the morning. Oh, how poetic. The other was the art that was starting to pop out of the sides of my sharply made hidey hole of I'm not a creative. I was like teaching people about their health and the mechanics of their body using stories and characters of comedy. The same way that you teach children about the birds and the bees. Except for this was adult content and I had absolutely no issue of talking about the condition of your nether regions. I also had an anonymous Instagram account for weirdly shaped vegetables that I gave characters to. This was before Sam Cotton doing it with animals on Instagram. P.S. I love Sam Cotton. So with the little spurts of weird creativity squeezing out my edges, I would go and see art. Always at galleries and exhibitions, at the movies, at concerts, but I wasn't really feeling the right emotions. Instead of feeling appreciation and joy for what I was consuming, I felt jealous. Hearing my mum's gorgeous voice again saying, you always fix what's wrong, so fix it. I got the bravery up to actually fix it. And I decided to do a few things that were on my bucket list. I told a few friends at work, this was at the health food shop, that I was going to try stand-up comedy and I was going to do visual art. I was going to study it. I was so pumped at this thought. I just got brave enough to go, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it out loud. And those friends, bless them, they'd only really known me as a yogi, ancient Indian medicine spiritual chick up to this point. And watching me run backwards and forwards between ideas and ventures, they weren't pumped like me. They were just worried. They told me that this strange pursuit to study art and do comedy seemed like just another thing that I'll get disappointed with and I should instead just focus on what I'm good at, helping people. Oh, how sweet. In all honesty, like I, I didn't trust myself at this point. I'd actually gone to them and I needed them to support me. When they said this, and because it came from such a place of love, I immediately thought they were right. Because I didn't trust myself or the muse at this point. And I was like, yeah, you're just being selfish again. Do something to help people. So I studied massage. What a choice. And I studied massage only to have a massive breakdown when I was at work with my friend and housemate at the time. We were talking about life and how frustrated we were because people who buy gluten-free bread can be quite intense. Shout out to all the gluten-free people. I am one. <laughs> But as we're talking about, you know, what our perfect lives would be and how we could get there, I just word vomited out at the top of my voice, I don't even want to be a masseuse. 
Now, I'll talk about this throughout the series of this podcast as well, but there's something I've got to say now. You can try as you might to ignore the ideas that come to you and, dare I say it, your calling in life, but it always ends up the same way, a breakdown. So what I'd studied another thing, so what I'd discovered another interest, so what I tried something thinking that I wanted it only to get there and realise that, oh shit, this isn't it. At least I tried. All the things I'd done were things that I'd wondered about and I kind of imagined myself doing them. And the thing I actually feared more than being wrong or being rejected was regret. And what I always think is that It's always better to try and do something and figure out that it wasn't right for you to then wonder if it was. My partner and I talk about this a lot, you know, trying to find the things that you do like. But how are you going to know the full parameter of what you do like if you don't know what you don't like? So that's what you should be trying to find. After this meltdown in the health food shop over massage, I realized that I really needed to sort my shit out with someone who doesn't know who I am and has the actual credentials to give advice. So I got some therapy. What kind? Art therapy. Go figure. (laughs) Seriously, that was an absolute game changer. It changed everything. I remember really vividly, that is one very specific point. I was drawing on a really big piece of white paper with oil pastels. I just finished playing with some shaving cream on a bench. Like I've got to say, if you haven't tried it, it's really good. Just get a bottle of shaving cream, spray it onto like a bench and then just like play with it. It's, it's sick. But anyway, I was subconsciously drawing as I spoke to this therapist. And what I drew was a picture of me where I was and where I wanted to be. I was a wellness chick, but what I wanted to be was an artist. Fuck this again. I said it before. I feel nothing except for regret. I knew that I wanted to write, act and make people laugh. It was the same as when I was a child. And I thought if I don't try that right now, I'm going to regret it forever. So I did. How did I do it? I moved to England. Now I'm not saying that that's for everyone, uh, but for me, I just figured that if I was going to try and do this thing of pursuing art in any form again, I needed to do it when nobody knew who I was. So I couldn't have them force the old ideas and versions of me back onto myself. I just needed a blank canvas. And all of the creators that I loved had come from England. So why not go to where they came from and see if there's something in the water? And there was. Tea. That trip to England was the trip that made me who I am right now and who is the one that is talking to you. If the first trip was about going to find myself and healing myself, this one was about building from the ground up and giving me the boldness to just go get it. Also, like I'd actually spent my whole life savings on moving to England and trying to do it. And I'm going to say like, if you know, you make any investment, you want to see the return. So investing in myself meant that I had to succeed in some sense. And that has definitely uh, gotten me through some very demotivated moments. Now, I don't want to bang on too much because this has already been quite a long episode. But just as a quick rundown of what happened from England to now, I went from having not performed in any way for more than eight years straight to Pinewood Studios, one of the biggest film studios in the world. Like, they filmed James Bond there. Big deal. Yeah? Scary. And I performed a monologue to a film director and a room full of other actors. Can you tell? I'm like, trial by fire. It went well, though, uh, ish. Anyway, then I moved to Kent and I met some of the most creative and incredible people in the world where I could be 100% myself. Then I moved to London and then I worked in immersive theatre. I was writing nonstop. I picked up poetry again. I was writing every single day and had one of my poems turned into a song. 
that I came back to Australia, which was just supposed to be for Christmas and to do a contract of a music clip. But that resulted in the old uh, pandemic and I ended up getting stuck here. But that was a good thing because it meant that I actually finally started doing comedy after all these years. I became a paid writer. I was doing commissioned artwork. And then now, like, I'm currently trying to write a show. This is so exciting for me. And yes, I'm still meeting resistances every single step of the way. But none of any of that would have been able to happen without the micro moments of me feeling a pull to something or the resistance, the good resistance, pushing me away from a life that I don't want and giving me the bravery or insanity to just go for what I do want and then the drive and no way out attitude of pushing on even when it feels hard and pointless, which brings me to right now. I've noticed that there's like a lot of information out there teaching people how to's for particular art mediums, the business of your art or the success via failure stories after they've already succeeded. But there isn't a lot of chat about the bumps and turns and the resistances and the remedies or just everything all in one. And there's definitely no chat about how everything is falling to pieces as it actually happens. And that's what this podcast, Your Weird, is here to do. I'm going to share my stories as I figure out how to keep leaning into my weird ideas, how to understand my own process, find common ground with other people who are still figuring it out. And I'm probably going to share some stuff that I'm not so proud of, but hopefully you can feel inspired by someone sharing these things as they happen in a like no makeup philosophy and all elements, not just the face. Warts and all. So with this podcast, I want to learn about other people's relationship with creativity and their practice. I want to know how they overcome resistances because there are so many of them and I want to know how they nurture their creative self like if it's a, another sense of themselves that they have to look after like you know you wash your body you feed your body but what do you do for the creative element and I want to know how they've managed to make it work or are aiming to make it work or the, how they've harmonized it with their lives the world is full of like TikTok and all these like digital distribution and marketing mediums and it's really easy to feel like everyone else is more talented and there's no point to trying to do anything. That feeling is something that haunts me and I'm sure that it haunts some of you too. I want to be the antithesis to that haunting feeling though. And I also want to champion the people who that it's not and learn from them and, and get excited by their processes. I want to find out how we can lean into what makes us weird because it's the weird bits where all the fun stuff comes from. And by embracing all of those weird bits and what makes you unique, you'll start to like stand out and find your audience. Or just be able to chill the fuck out when your painting doesn't turn out how you imagined. Gaga did it. Madonna did it. Mozart did it. See, it's not a new idea. You've just got to trust your quirks. So settle in and just trust that you're weird because being normal is really boring. And I think that's it. I've kind of crapped on for a bit long now. Longer than I expected. Maybe listen to this in parts. But, you know, whatever. Cool. Thanks for listening in. I appreciate it. Let me know what you think. Uh, if you if you want to support the venture, you can jump onto Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hannah Sainty, one word. Or you can just follow the Instagram account at Hannah underscore Sainty. Uh, you'll find everything you need to know there. So hope to see you on these wavelengths soon. Also check out the YouTube channel where I'll be putting up some interviews and things. And just, you know, shout out to me if you've got resistances yourself or you have remedies or you've just got, you know, someone that you want me to talk to or something you want me to talk about. We're all here. We're in this together to figure out how to be imaginative in this world. So let's do it. Let's get weird. Mm-hmm.